Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Stone, Sully here. Uh, week six. Um, are you ready to dive right in? Well, yeah. I mean, this is a monumental weekend. There's nothing better, Carl, than a full day of college football. Then we get into the Pac-10 games and Pac-12, pardon me, games at night with a heavyweight championship fight right at the same time. It's just a phenomenal day tomorrow. Then we got the NFL Sunday. It was a great sports weekend coming up. Yeah, Very and excited. you know what? You know what's good karma? Uh, and another thing that makes this such a great weekend, no preemption from Fran Healy and Tom Rinaldi this right. time around. Right, right. We're the, I mean, we're the we, boss. We wish them nothing but you know, good luck on their program this weekend. They got Bob Forsh on for a good intimate discussion um, with Bob Forsh. Fran Healy is going to probe deep on that one. But are you ready to go on analyzing week six? I am. I am ready. One quick note before we start. Are you, yeah. are you familiar? I, I just already got a kick out of this this afternoon. Before we really get into the meat of the show, yeah. are you familiar with Mallet Finger? No. Russell Wilson got injured last night. It's a football injury. It's a mal- it's called mallet finger. It's when your finger bends uh, outward and uh, there's a torn tendon of some sort. But I just got a kick out of that term, mallet finger. Is that has that been invented like recently and sort yeah. of like the invention of the injury tent? I've never heard it. Oh, I love the injury tent. I wish yeah. I was the guy that came up with that idea. But um, the mallet finger, I googled it, and it's a it's a known uh, medical uh, diagnosis. So I've been done that with my toes. Oh, you've got mallet toe? Mallet toe. That, <laughs> turf, of course, is uh, my temporary executive administrative manager, Amanda Boyk. <laughs> Superstar, badass, celebrity host. Yeah. And by the way, and by the, way <laughs> the funny part about mallet toe, it sounds a lot like Mato, Mato, Stefan Mato <laughs> when he scored. And uh, the biggest goal in the history of the New York Rangers, game seven. Yeah, that was a good one. Mato. Um, so, anyways, any, so mallet let, let's, Yeah, mallet toe. I, 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 I mean... I don't have a whole lot to say about Malato yeah, other than there was Ryan Mallet who was it was mediocre. Pretty, yeah, pretty overhyped. He he played for Michigan, Ann Arbor, transferred he to Ar- Ann Arbor, yeah. transferred and he transferred to, to Arkansas. Arkansas right. And I, I I think he's working in a lumberyard right now. He got a cup of coffee with the Patriots. He might be the production serves. assistant for the Fran Healy Tom Rinaldi <laughs> podcast. Well, or the up. or or perhaps the Booker. Might be the Booker. Well, he got Bob Forge. Yeah. Hey, you asked me a pointed question last uh, show. Why is Auburn going to beat Georgia? Yes. The world wants to know. Forget me. The world's you're the only guy in the planet that believes this. By the way, that, that gives me a good opportunity to remind everybody that the mission of this show is to indeed save the world. Yeah. Um, and the following is going to take quite a few steps towards that mission. No, reason number one is an intangible one. And it speaks to the notion that is a very real one, and that being it is impossible for any um, college football team to come out firing on all cylinders for 12 weeks. It just is impossible. The great Nick Saban even says that. Last week, Georgia played perhaps its most complete game, I would say, in the last 10 years against the great Sam Pittman. They absolutely destroyed Arkansas. Everyone is singing their praises they are going to be sleepwalking in a 12 noon. It might be a 1230 start, actually, down there on the plains. But I'm going to actually throw out a few more tangible reasons why Auburn is going to win this game. Are you ready? I, I, I'm stunned and ready. How many points do you think Auburn is averaging a game this season so far? 
I'm guessing, let me think, somewhere around 17, 40. Uh, how, how could many, they average 40 points against Penn State? They didn't score that many. And how last many, week, how many, how many yards 40. do you think they're averaging uh, on the ground per game? It's so funny you say that because the way they've they've, they've run the. I mean, answer the question. Just get, get I'm, answer I, the question. I, well, I'm guessing it's 180 or something. It's 238 yards. I don't know how. How many yards do you think they're averaging through the air per game? 200. 239 yards. That's a fairly balanced attack. How many yards do you think they're allowing defensively on the ground? Um. It's remarkable because they're they should be they've lost one game they should have lost to me like one. you don't really know I don't know because it's eighty five none of yards. this is ringing true to me Auburn's it's terrible it's a, it, I, it's I a, they're not that's my point they should have lost to Georgia Southern they were my point is, of their life my point is they're not terrible they're quite good um, oh. they're averaging two hundred thirty nine yards through the air two hundred thirty eight yards uh, on the ground Georgia has not faced anybody this good georgia's biggest win is indeed 37 nothing against the great sam Pittman. what does georgia's 10 what was george what does georgia's clemson's 10, by the way clemson's better than auburn clemson's better than Auburn. okay well georgia won that game 10 to 3 and by the way i'll just throw this in there when when georgia wins a game 10 to 3 we're all supposed to just genuflect and and speak to the, the brilliance of the defensive battle however when Penn State goes into Madison and wins 16 to 10 or whatever the final score of that game is, we're all supposed to talk about what a boring game that was. That that I'm so tired of that whole thing. Georgia wins 10-3 at Clemson. They beat Arkansas 37-0. I think the, the full season is going to show that Arkansas is really not that good. Clemson, we already know, is not that good. Auburn, 40 points a game, 238 point, uh, yards rushing a game, 239 yards passing a game. You want to know what Auburn's third down conversion rate is? <laughs> Yes, fifty-one percent. Well, how do you explain? How do you explain the Georgia Southern game then? How do you explain that game? At they're home, four, they're four and one. They wrote a check for a million dollars and they escaped barely. They're, they're four and one, and I'm going to go even deeper on you here. Uh, Should have lost. Do, do you know who Jarquez Hunter even is? Stone? I don't. I don't. He averages eighty-nine yards rushing a game for Auburn. Do you know who Tank Bigsby yeah, is? Yeah, I know who he is, and that's the problem. The Tank's the by far their best player, and he doesn't get any carries. It's ridiculous. He, he, I wish he, you had that number for me. How many carries Tank gets? He averages eighty-six yards a game rushing. That's yeah, two. He should that's be averaging one hundred and fifty as a talent. Average eighty-nine and eighty-six yards. Bo Nix averages thirty yards. Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, like we discussed last week. Right. Do you know who Sean Jackson is? Who plays for Auburn? I'm assuming no, he's a wide don't. receiver. You, you don't. He averages 30 yards rushing a game. Oh, another record. You know how many interceptions Bo Nix has thrown all season? Zero in 147 attempts. Auburn is much, much better than anybody wants to give them credit. They took Penn State. They gave Penn State all they could give up at Penn State. Georgia is going to be sleepwalking. Auburn runs the ball well. They throw the ball well. They catch Georgia sleeping. Auburn wins this game. If Georgia happens to get their third straight shutout in a row, that would be uh, that would really uh, you'd have to be eating a lot of crow if that happens, crow. I'm not I'm not predicting that, but it will be it will be a twenty. I said the other day twenty one points. Now you've got me so worked up. I'm going to say a twenty four point win by Georgia now. I'm going Auburn, Auburn twenty seven, Georgia twenty. Wow. Wow. This, yeah, this, I, 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 you're, you're wrong. 
<laughs> okay, that's fine. And, and, You're and, wrong. and on next week's initial show, yes. I, if I am wrong, oh. there's, a, there's a very good chance I will be wrong, of course. There's a good chance I'm wrong when I say hello to you every day. <laughs> um, the, uh, if and when I'm wrong, I will, of course, of course. acknowledge it and, and I, will, I will own it. That's what we do here. That's what Sully and Stone's about. We go out on a limb. We make predictions. We don't, you know, we back them up. And then when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. And when we're right, like if you call this game, Carly, yeah. I assume our podcast will be number one in the country. I well, mean, it's, I, it's I already in the top doubt. five. Well, Although, it would move up. I mean, if you get this one right, Katie, by the door. I mean, well, whoa, we, whoa. we've got a lot of work to do in terms of catching Fran Healy and Tom Rinaldi in their yeah. podcast. We're on our audience in the world. All right. I want to talk about uh, the Columbus Buckeyes. Excellent. Uh, the Columbus Buckeyes uh, are in the process of getting some love from the experts out there. People are now saying things like, yeah, just when everyone was getting ready to write them off and assume that they were out of the race and no longer relevant and everything, they're, they're getting their crap together. I, I am actually presenting the following scenario to you stone are you ready i'm ready columbus football is in the process of slowly regressing back into the pack in the big 10 columbus is never going to be a bad team but they are not what they were at the height of the urban meyer era ryan day is in the process of demonstrating that he's ryan day the, the defensive situation at Columbus is where this all stems from. What do you think? Uh, I think you're is, being, I think you're, I think you're being way too fatalistic on. Uh, well, on that's on, fine. On I, 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 I think, uh, I think using the word fatalistic might be a bit melodramatic. Well, you know, but, but, this but, is life and death. Yeah. Football. I mean, um, I how, give me a, just a guess at how many yards per game Columbus is allowing through the air. Wow, Oregon threw it on them. Rutgers didn't throw it on them. Um, well, I'm going to say 220. 250. How many yards do you think Columbus is allowing on the ground, far more importantly? Yeah, they, they, they've had an issue there. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, because Minnesota ran all over them. Yes, they did. Yeah, I'm going to say 220. No, you're being fatalistic in that regard. 146. Wow. Yeah. Now, let, let's just take a look. Uh, Last year, the defense in Columbus, how many yards do you think they surrendered through the year per game? 170. 304. Oh, wow. Man, this I'm is, way off is, on my guesses. Is, yeah, you are. This is part of my point here. How many yards do you think they allowed rushing per game last year? Last year? Yeah, last year. 170. 100. Everyone. So they've been good against the run, and they've struggled against the pass. And now well, no, they're struggling I, no, on the run well, yeah, more. No, exactly. And here's my point. This is not something that has just popped up in the last couple of weeks. This is not an Oregon problem. This is an issue that is happening. It's a trend. Columbus's defense is not what it has been traditionally. And here's another thing. Name for me the offensive and overall skill position weapons that Columbus has. Well, Lave, Wilson, I mean, those are two very, very good 
very good wide receivers, Carl. The the young kid, and I'm embarrassed they don't have his name. The 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 fresh Henderson, the freshman running back, is terrific. So how many um, yards do you think he has so far in five games? Well, he didn't get a lot of carries at start. I'd say he's close yards? to uh, 500 yards. I bet he's at least 100 a game right now. He's got, I know he's he had 171. He's got, he's got 510 yards. Here, yeah, here's I'm my good point. On that one. Yeah, you were good on that one. Here's my point on this. Columbus does not have the fearsome weaponry that they have normally had. Defensively, though, Carl, that's the key to this. Offensively, they do. They put 55 up against Rutgers. We'll see what State puts up this week against We're going to talk about State in a second. I know we are, but I'm just saying where I agree with you on, and I think you're getting towards this because we, we went over the defensive numbers, is Ohio State has a lot of young kids on, I know. This, on this defensive well, that, side. Okay, can, can, I, can I just say something sure. there? Yeah. Why, why with Columbus are we supposed to then all of a sudden talk about the young kids? Why? Why? Because Columbus has Why been in the Columbus... finals because Ohio State has been the cream of the Big Ten. They have been the school in the Big Ten for year after that. year after year. Just like we, we talk about Clemson. Just like the, I mean, it took Clemson, what, how many weeks to get out of the top 25? And they were, I mean, they're terrible. Like oh, I think, it's, I think it's been since 2014. I think, that, yeah, I think I it's mean, not it's weeks. Like, I think it's like know, a, we're, almost a decade for Clemson. We're all, we're all conditioned to understand who, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. We are, but, but, but because of to. that, because of that people aren't going to look as closely at what i'm looking at and that is columbus has an issue right now and it i'm not saying that they're all of a sudden going to be you know go like four and eight that's not what i'm saying what i am saying though is they just don't have the 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 i'll repeat it the fearsome weaponry normally at this stage of a season Columbus is a team where you can just look at them and you can say, wow, those guys, you, there's no way to stop that guy. Tr- Travion Henderson is a fine running back. Really fine. But, but he's not J.K. Dobbins. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not one of these other guys. He, he's not running over teams. 100 yards a game through five games is, is fine. That's, that's very good. But that's not Columbus. And does C.J. Stroud – Strike fear into other defenses. I think CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud is a really nice looking player too. The, listen, the offense is going to generate a lot, a lot of points the rest of this season. Uh, the offense is not the problem. It's the defense. The defense well, is going to give up points. Rutgers' offense is anemic, but yeah, Ohio State. We'll see what they got against the big boys when when we get to you know. You, we, are you willing to go out on a limb and make any sort of prediction for Columbus over the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think I think they lose one more game. I think they lose two more games. Who do you got losing to? Who do you think? I mean, my head is I would fluctuate between Michigan and Penn State. They'll lose one of those two. That's where I would go. They're going to lose to Penn State and they're going to lose to Michigan State. Okay. That I'll part tell you of this. part of what I'm Mel Tucker up pulls here. that off. He's well, uh, well wow. Well, we're, we're, before we get to state and and through this season of episodes of Sully and Stone, we have not yet really dove in into state and we're going to in a minute here columbus does not have a defensive answer for all of state's offensive weapons they just they just don't and people do not even understand the weaponry that state has but before we get to that let's talk penn state iowa okay yes um you were in the state of iowa i was earlier earlier in iowa and i'll tell you 
There's some there's some energy there. I, I wasn't in Iowa Did City. Did you sense but, it just like driving down? Well, I was the, talking the to my. I was talking you to my. You just looked customers. over to the cornfield and you felt the energy. <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to Iowans. I was talking to them, and they all are. Where were you? What town, what town were you in in Iowa? I was in Davenport, Iowa, which is yeah. And was the energy cities. just like through the through the roof in, in Davenport? What what, what what building were you in? What what, what did you go into? I any? was at my customer uh, Link Systems. Link Systems. Oh sure, yeah sure. Link Systems. Link Systems. <laughs> So yeah, you're familiar with them? Great, great friend. Do they, is that spelled L-I-N-Q-U-E? You're warm. It's spelled L-I-N-C. You're right. You can't just, if you're Link, what is it? Link, Link Industries? Link Systems. Link well, Systems. So anyway, Link Industries doesn't just spell their, their company name L-I-N-K. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a branding like disaster. You got to spell it. And is it an acronym by any chance? It is not. It is it's, not. It's not it's an acronym. Link. What does it stand for? Like Lincoln? Is it a, is it a person? Great question. Name? I don't know what it stands for. I'm, they're a pretty new customer of mine. That's why I drove out there and, and took four hours to get back in the horrible rainstorm oh. today and left and, at three and, in the morning. So I could be back for this podcast. So you listeners out there, priorities. there's a commitment between Sully and Stone. There's a huge commitment. <laughs> why don't you tell Amanda Boyk, my temporary executive administrative manager and superstar badass. Thank you. Wh- wh- what? what you do for a living stone yeah. and share it with our listeners. I am a broker, which means I don't manufacture anything. I am a broker <laughs> of, of polyethylene, custom polyethylene, which are plastic bags, plastic sheeting. For instance, John Deere buys a bag. They put over a sure. cap, a tractor sure. cap. Of course. Your washer and dryer instructions. I sell that bag, which has got a suffocation warning on it, which says, please don't, it's not a toy. Don't put, don't it, put over it over your head. head. Suffocate yourself. Right. Did you I talk about rags? Did you, do, hang on, before we get to the rags, when you were speaking with the folks at Link Industries today, yes. did you highlight that suffocation no like, not at all they're, they're, they're they know what i do they but are, that's a uh, differentiator isn't it well there's a yes it is a differentiator if if the customer comes and says they need the uh, suffocation warning then uh there's an extra charge for the print on the bag how much it's not much it's not is much. It a, what's the percent it, it takes percentage. the lead time out a little bit i would put it about five percent five percent and then yeah. and then and, and delays delivery on the delivery is going to take a little extra time because we got to print the bag. We got to print the film and then cut it into bags. It's got to be extruded. The film's extruded on a big bubble. Then is extruded cut. an industry term? That's just you, you got to like see it. this thing. It's, it's, <laughs> a good, it's, it's a positive term, Amanda. It's a good thing. Extruding's good. They I would have never thing. thought that was a job. I mean, I've seen all those bags and all that plastic stuff stuff everywhere all the time, but I would have never thought that was a job see see why we have amanda boyk people do you guys yeah. see why she's on this show well amanda's fascinated with my livelihood like a lot of people I are i mean am. it's funny it's funny when you you most people i sell i sell bags and rags to they normally don't take an interest when i usually say that bags so i appreciate that amanda you know that's that's the new thing you're the bags and rags guy there we go yeah. so all right now stone you're in davenport it's a, it's Iowa. great for dating you're at link enterprises <laughs> Yeah, it is. You're yes. Link Enterprises. Yes, Link Systems. Link, okay, sorry. You're Still at Link, Link Industries. You're at Link Industries, <laughs> and you're and you can feel, you can feel the intensity in the state of Iowa. I do because I was talking to my guys, and they're like my customers, and they're like, "This is." They're so excited. They had their Iowa gear on. Yeah, they were very pumped up. Yeah, they felt you know they weren't concerned when I just mentioned that little nugget that Penn State's won three straight at Kinnick Stadium. That didn't seem to slow them down a bit. I wouldn't imagine it would. No, they're ready. Are they, they going to be at Kinnick Stadium? 
No, these guys can't afford a seat at Kinnick Stadium. No, no. Seats no. at Kinnick are not that expensive. We're not talking about. Well, this is a but, hot ticket. This is a big time game. This is the biggest game. Yeah, I know. Really, really realistically, has there been a bigger game at Kinnick? Yes, there has. And I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly when it not was. Many. It was in October of 1985. Iowa was number one, and they hosted Jim Harbaugh and, and the number two Michigan Wolverines. It was a rain-soaked day. Chuck Long. Chuck Long was the quarterback. And new Trier Trevian field kicker, Rob Houtland, kicked a 29-yard field goal Excellent to beat crowd. Michigan. Um, and it was a phenomenal game. 12-10 was the final score. And that was back when people wouldn't make fun of a Big Ten game finishing 12-10. It was a phenomenal football game. That was the last game of this magnitude to be played in Kinnick Stadium. Do you remember that game? I do, vaguely. I, I remember the one, two, now that you mentioned it. I remember Chuck Long and I remember Harbaugh, but I did not, certainly did not know that our alma mater was represented by the winning kicker. Yeah, did Rob Howard. Did not yeah, know yeah, that. He kicked four field goals that day. Wait, so just so my memory is clear on Tuesday, you like Iowa in this game in a close I do one. like Iowa. And I like Penn State in a close one. We're going to talk about this. So, good. here we go. Penn State, tell me what you think Penn State is averaging – with regard to yards on the ground by ball carriers when they when they possess the football what are they averaging per game yards or yeah. per rushing per game per game per game per game rushing rushing yards per game please yard, rushing yards 120 okay you're pretty close they're they're at 132 yards they're throwing the ball though probably at about 230 um hang on uh, got that one oh, did i jump the gun on you no, you didn't jump the gun. It's, it's here somewhere. But before I get to that, it's a little weird. Can you name Penn State's leading rusher? No. Who is no, that? Noah Kane? Yeah, Noah Kane's been there a while. Yeah, yeah. Noah, Noah Kane's Kane. good. Yeah, Noah Kane. I mean, the weird part for me is, and maybe it comes out tomorrow, is I expect Sean Clifford, the quarterback, to keep the ball more than he has. I've always thought of him as you know, not Trace McSorley by any means, but someone that could keep the ball and, and run the option somewhat and run the quarterback draw. He really hasn't been running the ball, but all the chips are on Dotson. I mean, Dotson's the best receiver in the country as far as I'm concerned. He's the best. So that leads, I agree with you. I totally agree with you, Dotson. It, ah, well, before I just flatly agree with you, let me table that until our, our next topic, and that is Michigan State. Um, Dotson is is absolutely at the top but nobody outside of you and i have practically heard of Jaden reed and we'll talk about yeah. him in a minute um dotson has six touchdowns so far how about this do you know that sean clifford has thrown 11 touchdowns and try and tell me how many interceptions he's thrown well last time you asked me was zero so i'm gonna say zero three he's got three oh, interceptions okay. that's still pretty <laughs> damn good 11 touchdowns to three interceptions okay so I agree with you that in order for Penn State to win this game, they're going to need Sean Clifford to do things. They're going to need Sean Clifford to hang on to the football. They're going to need him to find Dotson and other receivers. He's Here's, going to need to run with the football, though. I think that's a big variable because I think they've kind of almost hidden that because I've always thought of Clifford a as a game. runner. They, they don't really have a running game. That's part of my point, but more to the point. Iowa's defense is a brick wall. It's terrific, but Penn State's defense is tremendous. Okay, but the game is at Kinnick. And, and when, you're, when you've got two immovable objects that are, that are going to just ram into each other for four quarters, Kinnick Stadium 
can make a difference. I well, obviously, talk- it's a big advantage to be at home, but I think every prediction I've seen, and I've looked at a lot of predictions this week on this game from all the pundits, everybody's predicting a three-point swing either way. I mean, it yeah. is, I have not seen anybody think this game is not going to be an absolute Donnybrook to the end to the fourth quarter game. That's what's going to make it great. It's going to be tough physically. I think Penn State's got more skill position players, uh, more skill, more speed. But uh, Yeah, but, but, but here, so I touched on this on Tuesday's show. Iowa's defense isn't just full of, you know, gobblers. They're fast. They're the number seven defense in the nation. How many yards do you think they allow per game total? Gosh, the way, I mean, they've played a couple of lame teams, too. So I'm going to say total yards average, uh, 179. Come on, don't be so fatalistic. It's 271. Wow, that many. I, I'm surprised. I thought there was less than that. Rushing. How many yards do you think Iowa gives up rushing per game? 98. 107 yards. More importantly, 2.8 yards per carry. And, and most importantly, and I hope you have the number because you've got all the numbers today, um, how many turnovers have they, have they forced so far this year? It's amazing. 11 interceptions. Oh, my gosh. 11. That is remarkable. 11 interceptions. This is what I'm talking about. Sean Clifford has not faced a defense like this in his career. He just hasn't. Yeah, it's a tremendous defense. They That's are right. so I mean, good. you think it's really low scoring, though, right? I mean, you think, yeah, I do, I do. You think, now, like, I'm, like something like 17-10, you got it? Around there, I, I in another couple of minutes, I'm going to come up with a score. But 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 uh, yeah, you're in the you're in the ballpark. How here's another? I'm going to throw another stat at you. This is stat day, boy. Fran Healy and Tom Rinaldi have nothing on us when it comes to stats today. I mean, do, I, do you think that they know what Bob Forsh's ERA is lifetime? I think he probably had to look up to Bob Forsh's brother. Remember what Bob Forsh's? You know, his brother was Ken Forsh. Yeah, of course, Ken Forsh. Do yes. you? What is your guess at Bob Forsh's? Lifetime ERA. In those days, they were, I would say, 3.89. That's, I, well, I was going to say 3.94. Yeah, right up there, right up around four. I mean, Bob Forsh was Bob journeyman. Was, he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I his mean, best he, year, he probably won 15. Yeah. And, like, and, and he probably pitched, I'm going to guess, 10 years in the majors, don't you think? I think that's a fair guess. How many yeah. Bob Forsh trading cards did you have as a kid? I probably had about a million of them. He was probably in yeah. every other pack. I think, yeah, I think it was like a rule for tops that every packet had to have a Bob Forsh card. Or a Garth Orge. Garth Orge, yeah, right. <laughs> or Larry Boa. Big fan of Larry's. Great player. Great, yeah, big fan Great of Larry. Player. Big fear in Larry's. Really Let's get was. back to Iowa Penn State here. Though. Yes, sir. Take a guess in five games how many field goal attempts the Iowa defense has allowed. Hmm. I'm going to say ten minutes. Four. Thank you, Eric or Amanda. I almost called you Eric. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> it's fine. Really? How many? How many have they allowed? Attempts. Six. Six attempts. Got you. Yeah, I mean, and I their can't opponents, wait. you know, the conversion rate there, 50%, three of six. What that says is the Iowa defense really doesn't allow a team to even get in range to kick yeah, the game. Yeah, it's a long field, field goal. goal. They're long field goals. 
Yeah, get to state. I'm dying here. I've no, now, I, I watched. So, right, I watched so, the whole game at state I, last week. I, I'm, I'm I'm on record with predicting an Iowa victory. Final score, twenty to ten, Iowa. Got it. You ready for state? You? Yes. I'm I'm okay. up to date on this club, this team I've watched. Let's just let's just sort of set the tone, establish some context. Mel Tucker takes over. Uh, in February after Mark D'Antonio re- retires somewhat abruptly. Um, and it's in February. I can't remember the date, but maybe two weeks later, the sky falls on the world. COVID hits. Practices are stopped. Mel Tucker has not even met all of his players. There's no spring ball. There's no practice. He's getting to know his entire program via Zoom. Other teams are also in these scenarios, but they aren't in a scenario where the head coach is brand new and literally doesn't know the players' names. He's hiring a new staff. Then uh, fast forward and State's fall camp gets canceled because of COVID, and he still doesn't know the players' names, and the players have practiced with one another for all of about three hours on a football field. And that time has been spent, you know, socially distancing, all that stuff. They still beat Ann Arbor. They beat Northwestern, which was the Big Ten West division champion. And then in the other games they lost, which were five other games, in a season that I think we all can, can acknowledge warrants at the very least an asterisk, they lose the other games. He goes into the transfer portal. He let's just say diplomatically doesn't stand in the way of players who during the off season choose quote unquote <laughs> to go elsewhere. Yes. And he has totally restructured the entire roster. And I think I might be one of the only people who is not surprised by the fact that state is five and zero and surging. Before I get into Are some they of the surging, though, I want to stop you for one sec. You what? believe, you believe this, <laughs> this, this surge. I mean, I know we have limited time left on our, on our show today, but, I mean, you feel right now they're hitting on all cylinders. You're not worried about all the passing yards they gave up. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the passing, but let's talk about the fact that there was one idiot out there that put them literally in the worst 10, the bottom 10 teams in all of college football well, in the lead up this season. And they're over-under on wins – was four and a half out of Vegas. That, that's amazing. They're already over that. That's tremendous. I, I listen. Mel Tucker's done a great job. The transfer portal was huge, like you said. That, that goes without saying. Um, you know, I, I'll give you a real quick synopsis of my take on them. I mean, and Peyton Thorne's been very good. The quarterback, he's been very efficient. I like his running ability too. Oh I think, yeah, I, I like when he gets he gets flushed out and he, he can make a play. Obviously, let me, let me ask you this: Stone Reed's Stone, terrific. Stone on Peyton Thorne. Yes. Try and tell me. I know you. I don't expect you to have these numbers off the top of your head. What is his touchdown to interception ratio through five games? Peyton Thorne. I'm going to say he's thrown for nine touchdowns and one interception. Eleven touchdowns, one interception. How many points do you think State is averaging per game? And now remember, before you answer, before you answer this, yeah, last year they were. I think like 120th in total offense and in scoring. 
Yeah, I'd say what, right now they got to be averaging somewhere around 28 points a game. 38 points a game. 38, what do you, wow. What do you think they're averaging on the ground? Yards rushing a game. Well, Walker's phenomenal. We're going to talk about alone. Walker in a second. Hang on. Phenomenal. Uh, what, address the question, 210. Please. 211. That was good. What about their, their yards through the air per game? 240. 255. 466 yards of total offense with a very balanced attack. 211 yards on the ground, 255 yards passing. Are you aware of the fact that Kenneth Walker III is the number one rusher in the nation? Yes, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, he was number one a couple weeks ago. Yes. That, yeah, that's, I mean, what, that's what I just said. I just oh, said okay. he's number one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I thought so, he's number three. Sorry. No, no, he's Kenneth, Kenneth Walker III. Yes, it is. Yes, I is. do like the way all these players these days uh, like have their their Roman whatever. Numerals. Yeah, their their numerals and everything. Like, anyway, Jaden Reed, are you aware of the fact that Jaden Reed is number one in the nation? Number one in the nation in all purpose yards. I am. I am aware of that because I've seen him. What's it? Three games in a row, he's returned kickoffs for touchdowns or punt return kickers. If whatever. If Jaden Reed played for Ann Arbor. He would literally be a Heisman Trophy candidate. If Kenneth Walker III played for Ann Arbor, he right now would also be a Heisman candidate, and that is not hyperbole. That, that's fact. How many yards do you think State is averaging, averaging per punt return for the whole season? 20, 22. 33 yards. Wow, that's Matt amazing. Matt Coughlin is a super senior, and he's a hell of a kicker. One issue that State really had over the last handful of years was very poor kickoff and punt coverage. They were allowing teams to start their possessions from like the 40 yard line because short kickoffs and then poor coverage. Matt Coglin's touchback percentage is 86%. When Mel Tucker talks about, he, he says this all the time, complimentary football. Offense, defense, special teams. We're going to get to the defense here in a second. He means it. He means it. These, these special teams numbers matter. They really, really matter. Then, of course, there's Peyton Thorne, um, the 11 touchdowns to one interception. Now, the defense Amen. is giving up yards. They're giving up yards. Yeah, they're but, giving up a lot. I mean, well, how many passing yards per game? You got that number? No. Okay. <laughs> because, you might not have that one. Because... They tighten up when teams get into the red zone. And they've given up a total of 12 touchdowns in five games. We're about to run out of time. I have a quick question for you, and I need an answer on this. Are you worried about Rutgers at all this week? No. Okay. You don't believe that Greg Schiano, after getting his ass kicked last week, is going to get these guys ready to go tomorrow? No. Okay. As a matter of fact, I, I think they are. I think it's a really close game tomorrow. You really do? Really close. Oh, I think it's an absolute – Oh, I think Rutgers comes to play tomorrow. I think it's extremely close tomorrow. Very okay, close. give me give me a score. I'm not even. It's. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hedge in here. I actually think Rutgers is going to win the game tomorrow. I've been thinking that since last you week. You think Rutgers? And, is and I'll win, tell you why I feel game? this way. You I think, think Rutgers is going to beat State tomorrow? I do. I think Rutgers is a winner tomorrow. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I think they got. I think. I think Shiano got through to him this week. I guarantee he got through to him. And, I, and there was one thing that happened last week, and, and you'll disagree with me probably on it, and, and, and you might be right, but 
I thought the officiating last week in the state game against Western Kentucky was atrocious. Um, I thought it was awful. I mean, the one play in particular, that fumble by the quarterback sneak, where the guy, how long does the guy have to keep get progress before they rip the ball out of yeah, his Yeah, the state probably would have lost. If that, no, they would have won the game anyways. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. karma is kind of a, in my head always. And With maybe regard I'm to crazy. the state defense, I, 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 the passing defense in particular, for, for as, as quote-unquote poor as it's been, they've given up eight touchdowns through the air and four touchdowns rushing, 12 touchdowns in, in, in five games. You're not going to lose a lot of games with that type of with no. those type of numbers. Here's the other big, big difference with the state defense. Like 30 seconds. Thank you, Amanda. You're welcome. 18 sacks so far. 18. Uh, yeah, and they had a bunch last week too. Yeah, they got guys on the end that are yeah, and and creating turnovers on those like a huge turnover they created against Miami. Sacks all year last year. This is Sully and Stone. Stone, Crow. I'm uh, it, nice job. Um, good luck to Link Industries out there in Davenport, Iowa, <laughs> our sponsor for this week. Guys, Absolutely. stay tuned for Fran Healy and Tom Rinaldi Next. with Bob Forsh. So long, folks. <laughs> See you, man. See you, man. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.